as we get ready to celebrate Christmas this year, I wanted us to focus on really just three words out of one verse that I want to share with you this morning. You're going to see this coming up over and over again as we spend our time together this morning. But in Luke chapter 10, it's a verse that Jason just read to us a moment ago. Luke chapter 2 verse 10, it says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good, no good news that will cause great joy for all people. For all people. That's what I want us to think about this morning. For all people. That's pretty inclusive, isn't it? I mean, who's left out of for all people? There's no restrictions there. There's uh, no qualifiers. If you're a person, you're included. And that goes for everyone. That when Jesus came, it was good news for all people. Everybody. So that means if someone's a Buddhist, Jesus came for them. If someone's an atheist, Jesus came for them. If someone's a Muslim, Jesus came for them. It doesn't matter what nation they're from, what ethnicity they bear. Jesus came for all people, and his coming brought good news for everyone. Forty days after Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph took the baby Jesus uh, baby Jesus to the temple. And there at the temple, uh, there was a man named Simeon. And Simeon had been praying to see the Messiah. And this is what happened when he saw the baby Jesus. He said, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. There's those words again. For all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. For everyone. You know, uh, not all holidays are recognized around the world. Uh, one year, uh, Cherry and I happened to be in Colombia on Thanksgiving. Do you know in Colombia, they do not celebrate Thanksgiving? <laughs> we couldn't find turkey anywhere. Nowhere. Um, one year, I was in Canada on the 4th of July. They do not celebrate our independence there. It didn't come up at all. But you know, uh, there was one year that uh, I was actually in Belize the week before Christmas. And even in those huts, they had Christmas trees. And where there was electricity, they had lights strung. Because Christmas is something that is celebrated around the world. It is globally recognized around the world. Why? Because Jesus came for everybody. And the joy that he brings is for all people around the world, no matter where they are from. And I, I, I you know, I, I hope I'm not surprising anybody with this, but uh, for those that, that go to heaven, um, heaven is not going to be um, white Republican Fox News only place. That's, that's not what it's going to be. Uh, every ethnic group from around the world is going to be represented there. Every, the best of every culture will be there. That's, that's what will make it into heaven. And that's the good news that Jesus brought to all of us for every person. You know what? 
we forget sometimes is that God has absolutely no favorites. He doesn't favor one person over another person or one group of people over another group of people. God has no favorites. And Christmas tells us five things about God and how he relates to all people. The first thing is that God shines his goodness on all people. You see, many people believe that that God treats us based on our performance. I would dare say that some sitting here in this room and some watching online this morning firmly believe that if they act bad, God gets mad at them. And God treats them bad because they act bad. And if they want God to be good to them, then they've got to be good for God to be good to them. And that is just not how it works. Not at all. Look at what God's word says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45. It says, Jesus said, Jesus said, he causes his son to shine on evil people and good people. Thank goodness. Because I can be both. Can't you? And so his, his goodness shines on both. He goes on to say, evil people, good people. That's all people. That's all people. He sends rain on those who do right and those who who don't. You see, God doesn't play favorites with his goodness. Sometimes we get, um, we get God and Santa Claus mixed up. You know, there's, there's a song about Santa Claus. It goes, it goes something like this. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. You guys familiar with this song? It says he's making a list. He's checking it twice. Going to find out who's naughty or nice. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. That, that's not God. That's not Jesus. That's not how he operates at all. There are entire religions in the world that are built on performance. That I've got to be good for God to, to love me. For God to be good to me. Psalms 145 says, The Lord is good to everyone. That's all people. That's all people. He's good to everyone. But the world tells us different. The world tells us that, that if, if we want God to be good to us, then I've got to be good. And that's just not right. That's not how it works. Like I said, entire religions are built on this. For instance, you, I mean, you guys have all heard of this. You've heard of the term karma, right? Karma, the whole idea, it's a, it's a Hindu term. The whole idea behind karma is that if something bad happens to you, it's because you deserved it. You were bad. And so karma's coming back on you. And if you want something good to happen to you, you've got to be good. There's no hope in that. There's no hope in that. And I could, I could, I could name every religion in the world. Uh, if you want to be good in the Mormon religion, you got to do what Joseph Smith said you had to do. If you want to be good in the Islam, you got to do what Muhammad said. If you want to be good in Judaism, you got to keep all the law. All of that is performance-based. But our God said, no, no, I'm good to all people. I'm good to all of them. The Bible has a term for it. It's called a common grace, where God is just good to all people, whether people are good or not. That's what Christmas reminds us of. 
God's goodness. He's good to all of us every day. Every day. Another thing that Christmas reminds us is that God showers his love on all people. Look at Psalms 145.9 again. It says, God showers compassion on all his creation. That's all people. All of us. He showers his compassion. So how many of you have been to a baby shower? Yeah. How many of you have been to a wedding shower? How many of you have taken a shower? Yeah. Okay. Listen, you get the idea of a shower. There's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than standing in a shower that has no pressure. It's a dribble. It's terrible. God showers his compassion, and it has pressure. God doesn't dribble his compassion on us. He loves us. And he shows his compassion on all of creation, on all people. The third thing that Christmas reminds us of is that God feels the discomfort of all people. God feels the discomfort of all people. The Bible calls him the suffering God, the long-suffering God. God feels what we feel. And at Christmas, there's a lot of things that can make us feel bad. There's a lot of things that can make us not feel so good at Christmas time. And when that happens, God feels what you feel. He, he, knows, he knows what you're going through. You know, I, I, I know, um, you know, Cherry and I, yesterday, we got some bad news in our family. It made us sad. It made us sad at Christmas. God feels what we feel. God feels what we feel. He feels our, our, our discomfort. Psalms 33, 15 says that he, God, made their hearts. You know what that's talking about? It's talking about our personality, who we are. God, God made us. He made you. He made your personality. And look at what it says. So he understands everything they do. So, so the reason God, God made us, he made our personality, he knows everything about us, so he he understands us. Now listen, we don't understand ourselves. And many times we don't understand one another. But God understands us. There's a, a personality test out there. It's called Myers-Briggs. Uh, some of you are familiar. I'm sure you've heard of the Myers-Briggs test. Myers-Briggs says there are 16 different personality types. And crazy's not one of them. All right? But there's 16. Here, here's what they are. I just want to list them for you. The inspector, the counselor, the mastermind, the giver, the craftsman, the provider, the idealist, the performer, the champion, the doer, the supervisor, the commander, the thinker, the nurturer, the visionary, the composer. That's the best we can come up with, with naming those 16 different personality types. You know what? God made every one of them doesn't matter what we call them. It doesn't matter how we classify them. God made every one of them. And he understands you. And he feels what you feel. And he knows where you hurt. And he knows where you're weak. And he knows that because Jesus became one of us. 
He became human like me and like you. So he understands our personalities. He understands our challenges and our struggles. Look at what Hebrews said about Jesus. Talking about him, it says, this high priest, that high priest is referring to Jesus, of ours understands our weaknesses for he faced all of, all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Amen. Sometimes we need it most at Christmas. That's okay because he understands us. And that's part of what Christmas reminds us of. The fourth thing that we learn about God is that God sacrificed his son for all people. Christmas reminds us of this. John 3.16, probably the most famous verse in the Bible. I mean, we see it on poster boards at sporting events. People wear it on their t-shirts. But it's talking about this idea that God sacrificed his son for all people. Look at what it says. For God so loved the world. That's all people. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Listen, I get it. Sometimes we kind of get the idea that God's out to get the world. That, that like somehow he's angry at the world and he's angry at people. And he just can't wait to punish the people. That's, that's just not true. God sent his son to save the people, not destroy them, not condemn them. God sent his son to save you. God's not mad at you. God's not... God's not disappointed with you. He loves you. And he sent Jesus. That's, that's what Christmas is all about. He sent Jesus because he loves you. And he loves everyone. 2 Corinthians 5.15 says, he died for everyone. Talking about Jesus. He died for everyone. That's all people. That's everyone. He died for all people so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Listen, the way that you and I know that Jesus has saved us is that deep down inside in our bones, we know we're not living for ourselves. That's how you know. That's how you know. And if you don't know that about yourself, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It means that he's trying to reach you. It's easy to live for ourselves. Everybody does that. But those who struggle with this idea of knowing that Jesus died for them, and now they no longer live for themselves, but they live so that others might know who Jesus is, 
And they live as doctors and teachers and construction workers and, and whatever it is that people do. They know they're not there just for themselves. That's what Christmas reminds us of. Jesus died for all of us so that we might live for others to know Jesus. The fifth thing that we learn about Christmas and that we're reminded is that God will save anyone who believes and receives Jesus. Anyone. Look at what John 1 says. But to all who believed in him, all, that's everyone to all who believed in him and accepted him he gave the right to become children of God they are reborn not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan but a birth that comes from God so when someone places their faith in Jesus it's more than just saying I believe Jesus existed Jesus I mean Muslims believe Jesus existed it's, it's more than just saying that, that, that Jesus was a person. It's, it's saying that he was the Messiah and he came for, for me because I needed rescuing from my sin. And anyone who believes that, anyone who believes that is born again. They're born again. Romans 10, 13 says, everyone that's all people. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Listen, have you done that? I'm not talking about saying his name because you stomped your toe. That's not calling on the name of the Lord. Have you called on the name of the Lord because you know you need him? You need him in your life. You know you can't be good enough. You know you're only living for yourself. And you know that's too short of a goal to live for. I'm telling you, what Christmas reminds us of is that if that's you and you call upon the Lord right now, he will save He will save you, and he will change you. And so my prayer, my hope, is that that's the gift you really get this Christmas, that that's the one you walk away from at the end of 2023, the gift of knowing that Jesus came for me. He came for me. He came for you, and he saved you. Listen, the way, the way that someone comes to know Christ is they, they, there's no special words, okay? There's no, like, mantra, you say. Um, it's just a sincere heart that acknowledges, I need, I need Jesus because I know I'm a sinner. If that's your heart this morning, then you say that to him in your words, the way that you say it. Now, I, I got to tell you something. When it comes to our sin, um, you have to be specific with what sins you're talking about. You can't just say, forgive me of my sin. That's, that's too broad. That's too general. 
What do you know that you've done that offends God? That's your sin. That's your sin. And you confess that and you say, God, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And will you save me? And then it's a whole new journey from there. It's a whole new journey from that point moving forward. Won't you do that this morning if you've never done that? Won't you do it right now? Let's pray together. And then Jason is going to come back. We're going to light our candles. I'll give some more instruction on that. But let's pray together right now. Father, we're just people. But your word tells us that you came for all people. So we qualify. Here we are, Lord. Still in need of a Savior. Father, I, I pray that if there's someone here this morning who's never confessed their sin and called upon you to save them, that they would do it now, Lord, that they would, in their own way, with their own words, cry out to you and receive you. Lord, I pray that would happen right now. Lord, you're the only reason that we have something to celebrate because of the gift that you gave us through the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. So Lord, I, I just ask that as we move into worshiping you by lighting a candle, that we would think about our own hearts, that the light that we hold in our hand, does it represent the light we have in our heart? And Lord, that just as we hold a candle and it shines, may our lives shine because we know you and we're no longer living for ourselves. Lord, would you do that work among us, among this people? Father, we pray it in Jesus' name. So we're going to light a candle, and we're going to sing a song. But here's what I want you to think about while we do this. This light is nothing more than a representation of what I hope and pray is in your heart, the light of Jesus. And I want you to know that just as the flame will be passed to you and you can light your candle, that God's love, if you will receive it, will light your heart up. And this can truly be a different Christmas for you. And that's my prayer this morning. So I'm going to go around and 
to start lighting candles. And Jason's going to come and lead us.